Oh, hey there, guys. Welcome into the PGA Championship Fantasy Golf video for this week, touching on the course breakdown, who are going to be the best stat fits, overall the top picks in each price point tier, giving you guys some outright bets and some core plays, and then finally giving you guys a first look build. Let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so get into the course preview of the PGA Championship. This is going to be played at Oak Hill, which is going to be the East Course. This is a tournament that we have seen in the past, but in terms of predictability, using it for like this week's tournament, not going to be much there. There's going to be two reasons behind that. One, just the last time we saw this tournament took place 10 years ago. We know that data is not going to be very relevant for this week. On top of that, the course did experience a redesign to go actually back towards the original design of the course. So the original course designer of this track was Donald Ross and the club had went away from the original design when Robert Trent Jones had actually redesigned it. Since then they brought in someone else more recently to bring it more of that classical feel. So it is going to play much more like a Donald Ross course. So with that we are going to be looking at some Donald Ross courses for course history. Okay a lot of you guys know my structure is to break down the course history in H1, history one, H2, H3, and H4. It's gonna be a little bit more unique this week because we don't have any direct course history. And I'll get into that more in just a second when we talk about course history. Looking at the course, it is gonna be a par 70 course. The greens are gonna be bent greens. It is kind of a longer track for a par 70 course, just shy of 7,400 yards. It is a course that's based out of New York as well. All right, so now getting to the course history. This is gonna be an interesting week for course history because while we haven't seen this course, course really anytime recent we saw it in 2013 of course it's going to play different for two reasons one that's 10 years ago the game's a little bit different now uh, and also they did a course redesign okay and went Donald Ross to Robert Trent Jones to Green and he the most recent course redesign he made it to make it more like a Donald Ross course. So the course history that we're looking at is actually going to be four separate data points. And yes, this is kind of specialist data. That This is data that goes into the specialist data. That's kind of the whole point of it. Okay, but we don't have any direct course history to go off of. Typically speaking, we always want that. But what we're going to be looking at is actually going to be the PGA Championship from 2022. Typically speaking, these tournaments, these majors like to have the course play the same as they did in years past. So that's what we're going to be looking at. We're also going to be looking at the US Open as well. Those two tournaments tend to play about the same. Okay. Smaller fairways, thicker rough, just courses that are designed to be difficult to play. That's why I'm looking at those two. But I also did want to look at Donald Ross courses just because it is going to play out like a Donald Ross course. And so we're going to be looking at those. That's going to be the, the three tournaments from 2022, those results, because we haven't had any of those pop up just yet this season. And then the course, I did want a tournament that we have seen in 2023 to get a most recent sample size. And so the course that I found was the most similar to the course that we have this week was the Houston Open. And so that's all going to be accounted in four in different data points for course history. Once again, that is kind of specialist data as well, but we can kind of get a good indication of who the good plays are based off of that. So we got Rory. Obviously, Rory has been playing well. I was actually really shocked at his price point until I looked at this data. I'm like, okay, that actually makes sense now because Rory has been someone that's struggling a little bit. He talked about maybe some potential personal issues that he's going through as well, uh, but he's going to be an interesting name. Then we also see someone like Matt Fitzpatrick, who Matt Fitzpatrick has found it a little bit here. Played well at the PGA Championship last season. Played, obviously, won the U.S. Open. Look at Xander Shoffley. He's going to be a very popular name this week as well. Seamus Power's been playing some good golf. We got Jaeger in there. We got JT. We got Aaron Wise. Wow. Scotty Scheffler choked at the PGA Championship last year. That was basically his only bad start besides that really good results. Terrell Hatton, Max Homa, John Rahm, Cameron Young. 
Joaquin Neiman, a, a surprising name in there. Justin Rose checks the box in all four of those. That's what we like to see. Got Gary Woodland in there. And by the way, this H3 stat is going to be taking their average results at Down Ross courses in 2022 and then ranking it by the field. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Tony Finau kind of struggled at the U.S. Open and PGA Championship, but has played well at Donald Ross courses and then also won the Houston Open. So kind of interesting there as well. We kind of get that. Let's go ahead and take a peek at recent form. So recent form wise, obviously with this being a major, the recent form category is going to be going crazy. We got Sky Scheffler popping up there, Patrick Hanley, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Sun Jam. And the one thing we should note is that, well, the last two winners on the PGA Tour have been golfers that have been in some strong recent form. You look at Jason Day, really up until his missed cut, which really came down to one bad shot, one poorly timed bad shot the previous tournament. Wyndham Clark as well. So that might be something that we're looking at. Hogard popping up there. We got Clark there. We got Ricky Fowler there. Jason Day really besides the two bad starts in a row, one last week. So we're going to have a lot of golfers coming in with a lot of strong recent form this week. So that'll be interesting in that regard. And now let's go ahead and take a look at the top stat fits this week. And that'll get into the specialist here. So some of the key stats that we're looking at, it is an interesting week for stat fit. So what we had to do is take a look at the PGA Championship. Look at all those comp courses is what I'm looking at. Donald Ross courses, the US Open PGA Championship. Which data points stick out the most in terms of players that went out and played well? Well, it is the typical ball striking, total driving. No duh there. What I found interesting about last year for the PGA Championship was wedge scoring was pretty high up there. Not looking at that this week. I just found that interesting. I just wanted to mention that. Always looking at bogey avoidance in these events, just because that is a stat that pops up again and again and again. Stroke scan differential is another one that we're looking at. Stroke scan total. And then that 9 to 5 stat, that effective scoring, which measures both upside and then ability to make the cut. So that's what we're going to be looking at. Bryson, we, we, we're still pulling in old data from him, so probably not trusting that too much. Uh, just FYI there. Same thing with Joaquin Neiman. You know, those guys have been playing on the Live Golf Tour. Um, so their data is not exactly as relevant as some of the other data points that we have. And then obviously some of these DP Tour guys, that data is coming in from the DP Tour as well. So that's where it gets a little bit conjumbled together there is the difference in the, the tour. But it's still a good data point, but that's not why, that's why we don't go in on just one data point. Now let's go ahead and take a peek at the specialist. So I didn't mention like course history and specialist data is going to correlate pretty well together. There's just going to be a lot more nuanced data points going into the specialist data. And I might actually default to specialist data over the course history data. For those of you guys that are new, the specialist data is pulling in all the key characteristics for that week's golf tournament and course and putting that into a data point. Too many times we see people like go in on one stat a little bit too much uh, to create some sort of like weird bias for the week. Now, what I want to do is I want to get that full sample size. And if you guys want to look at a data point that you think is going to be more accurate for that week, you could. Like we know the green speeds are going to be pretty fast. You could look at that. Uh, we know the green sizes are going to be pretty small. You could look at that. Top golfers on those smaller greens. Like that's all stuff we could look at. Bank greens, you could look at that. You could look at course designer. That's all going to be stuff that we're looking at. But the best specialists this week are John Rom, Xander, Scotty. And that's kind of why I like looking at it. These are all the top plays on the board already. So there's no real shocks there, right? So now that we got the preview done, let's go on and get into the top picks in each price point range. Gonna be touching on the top four picks in each price point range. All right. So obviously, John Rom is one of the top players in the field and he should be treated as such. And that's why I'm bringing it up. 11.4, I would argue, is probably a little bit cheap compared to what he's expected to do this week because he is such a strong play. You look at both him and Scotty Scheffler, they're both two elite plays. And so, yes, during a major, I do suggest people do more of a studs and duds based build because it's so easy to make a quality build. So maybe going with John Rahm or Scotty Scheffler would be a unique thing to do 
John Rahm, stat fit wise, is the best stat fit in the field. He ranks out top six or better. And basically all the key stats that we're looking at, recent form wise, third best in the field. And I mean, that that's being picky, right? He's went second, 15th, first, that one miscut the players, which you just had a withdrawal from, uh, 39th, first, third. So like he has tremendous upside. And I do think he's something that we should be trying to go out of our way to pay up for. This is a course that should suit his game extremely well. And we also look at Scotty Scheffler. He is someone that I think we should be paying up for as well. Like these two plays are just extremely safe, especially compared to the other players that are priced below them. But that's also why there's a big price drop between Scotty and Rom compared to the next golfers. Scotty did miss the cut last year. And then all the other comp course stuff that we're looking at second, second, ninth, just extremely good results there. So he is something that I do think we can trust. Obviously just been playing extremely good golf. What I found interesting is that Scotty did kind of mention a little bit that he was kind of working on some stuff for this week, last week, and he still finished fifth. I mean, that is extremely shocking to me. Um, so yeah, just been playing some extremely good golf. And those are two players that obviously we could just go out and trust uh, full fledged that they're going to go out and play well. Now, just real quickly, I do want to touch on the next three players. They're not players that I, sh I would suggest being on too much. Rory, because, well, he mentioned that, you know, he was kind of going through some stuff and that's kind of why he withdrew from the previous elevated field event after the masters. And I was wondering why we were getting this price point for him. Well, it is because of that good comp course history where he finished eighth and fifth at the U S open and PGA championship last year. And he actually is the best on down Ross courses from last season. Not a good staff hit because he's been so hit or miss. We see that with the starts. Okay. And some of the the starts that he had where he, we would be pulling in that key stat data and we just didn't get it for that week because there were random events and you know he hasn't really played all too well at tournaments that weren't no cut events and whatnot like the api good result he's just been a little bit too hit or miss and that's where the price point is a little bit strange right so 41st in recent form rank in the field then we look at someone like colin morikawa as well who colin morikawa his recent form has been pretty poor as well been a little bit hit or miss he's just been working on a bunch of stuff in this game it's the putter now or in the putting stroke now earlier on this season it was figuring out his swing don't get me wrong. He can go out and put it all together for a week. And we kind of expect that, right? With Kyle Morikawa, if you're playing him, I'm fine with it. At the same time, I do have some caution against it because we get better plays that are cheaper than Kyle Morikawa. That's where I'm kind of confused about these three players here. Is their pricing? Why are they priced above some of these other kind of easier clicks because of the pricing? Bruce Kepka, if you want to play him, you can. He has been playing well on the Live Golf Tour. If you guys put merit into that, you can. I would say the worry with Brooks was literally at the Masters playing in another round. Some people might think I'm joking there, but no, I honestly think there is some sort of mentality that goes into that. Are they going to be motivated to play well as well? Now he is playing some great golf. Don't get me wrong. I would say his price should be a thousand dollars cheaper. And then we'd be thinking about it. What was nice about him at the masters was the fact that he was at such a cheap price point to the point where it was somewhat worth the risk. I'm not sure it's going to be worth the risk this week because we are getting these next couple of plays that are going to be elite plays. Let's go and touch on them. So Xander Shoffley, I mean, what is going on with this price? And I honestly thought he was going to be the third highest priced player on this slate. And now why is that? Because he is coming in, checking all the boxes. You look at the comp course history that I already mentioned, 13th and 14th, PGA Championship last year, US Open last year, and they raced 14th or fourth in the field on Donald Ross courses as well. Key stat wise, guys, key stat wise, ranks out one of the best in strokes in total and the best in effective scoring 
could be a little bit better in bogey avoidance and ball striking, but as a whole, he is a top 10 stat fit. He is in the fourth best recent form in the field. I mean, just look at the recent starts. They have been phenomenal there from Xander. Really only one bad start mixed in there. You look at long-term form, recent form, last five, last 15, doesn't matter. Top three in the field there. Specialist-wise, second best specialist in the field. Like he is just such an easy click at this price point. And if you if we're talking about trends and whatnot with Wyndham Clark, Jason Day winning, where they're kind of overdue for wins just based off of how they're playing, that's exactly what you would say about Xander Schauffele. It just wouldn't be shocking for that to finally come together. What I like most about Xander this week is that he finally didn't choke in his last event to lose, to not win, I should say. It was Wyndham Clark just winning it. I mean, Wyndham Clark went out and played some extremely good golf. And so mentality, Mentally, that shouldn't really hurt Xander this week, and I like that aspect of it. And kind of the golden rule is if if Xander Schauffele is a good play, so is Patrick Cantlay. He should play well at this event. Does have the new and improved caddy on his bag, Tiger Woods' old caddy. Um, struggled last year at the PGA Championship, but besides that, 14th at the U.S. Open, 7th best on Donald Ross courses. Key stat-wise, guys, he's going to be the 3rd best in the field. Specialist-wise, 4th best in the field, coming in in the 2nd best recent form, making 8 straight cuts in a row, with him basically all being really high upside finishes. He he should be someone that has a good week. I'd rather play Xander and I'd rather play the next player I'm going to mention as well, which is going to be Tony Finau. Now, the only issue that I have with Tony is that he kind of disappoints in majors. We look at that Masters result, 26th there, had a 30th place finish last year at the PGA Championship, missed the cut at the US Open. But besides that, I mentioned he did win the Houston Open, which is going to be a good comp course for this week. Finished eighth or ranks eighth in the field on Donald Ross courses from last season. Key stat wise, top five in the field. No worries there. The worry with him is just literally showing up for majors. That is the worry. And so overall, he does rank out as a top six play in the nine to five model. And I should mention the top plays in the nine to five model go one Scotty two Rom, three Xander, four Cantlay, and then six is going to be Fino. And then JT is also going to be a good play. You could definitely play him if you want to. Victor Hovland's going to be a strong play, but to me, kind of the standout play is going to be Sun JM. And I'm actually a little bit bummed out at this pricing with Sun JM. Had to withdraw from the PGA Championship last year because he played in an event overseas and then couldn't travel. And then he struggled at the US Open as well, finishing 65th there. But he is the second best player in the field on Donald Ross courses from last season. If you look at the recent form, guys, it has been phenomenal. 8th, 7th, 16th, 6th, 21st. Really good results there. Overall ranking out top 6 in the field. Top 6 specialists. Stat fit wise, nothing alarming. Ranks out top 6 there as well. Overall, he is a top 5 play in the 9-5 to mile. And given his pricing, he's kind of someone that we could be starting our builds out with. I'm wondering if we should be making him an outright bet this week. That's kind of my worry or wonder, I should say. Xander's kind of a clear cut option to me. Just can Sanjay win? That is my biggest question because we haven't seen that happen. Like his bad rounds are round four. Maybe he's putting a little bit of pressure on himself. It'd be very interesting to see if he shows up on Sunday or to see if he shows up on my betting card. Let's go ahead and switch up into the next price point tier. And so typically speaking, guys, this is going to be the spot in which we want to be spending a lot of our budget on in a major event. And I think that's going to be the case this week as well. Now, Jason Day, that miscut the Wells Fargo Championship came down to literally just one bad shot on 17. He went from T35 to missing the cut because he hit his ball OB and he couldn't drop. It hit on the green. He couldn't drop next to the green. He had to re 
shoot. And then he ended up getting a double bogey and then missing the cut. That's how tight the scoring was at the Wells Fargo Championship as well. But prior to that, have been playing some great golf. And sometimes a golfer just needs to have that mental reset where they have been playing some great golf. They can't do anything wrong. And then he missed the cut. And then he won. Sometimes that just needs to happen. So I do think he's going to be a strong play this week again. The issue is we have a lot of strong plays in this price point here. Like Hideki's been playing some solid golf. I know Max Homa had really been struggling for a little bit there. You know, he missed two cuts in a row prior to that eighth place finish at the Wells Fargo Championship. And I know what you guys are saying. DraftKings is showing only one missed cut mixed in there. Well, there is a team event in there. And he was the reason why they missed the cut there. Just played poorly for really three straight weeks in a row. Finally bounced back at the Wells Fargo Championship. And this should be a good course for him. Ranks out top 15 in the 9-5 model. Not going to be a cash play, I would say, but certainly someone that is more of a shoulder shrug play given his price point. I do think a player that is going to be a good cash play is someone like Terrell Hatton. Hatton has been playing some very strong golf really after he disappointed everyone at the Valero Texas Open by having a bad second round. He just had a bad round. Other than that, playing great golf, we see a second in there, a fourth in there, more recently a fifth and a third, played well enough at Augusta, had really one bad round in there, that's 76, but he has played well recently, ranking out top 20 in the field. He's a top 20 specialist, top five stab fit in course history wise. Once again, it's going to be comp course history, has produced some really good results as well. 13th, made cut, 56 at the US Open. Then 13th on Donald Ross courses as well. So he is certainly someone we're going to be looking at that does feel like a very soft price point. And I do feel like if this pricing came out after last week's tournament, he would have been priced a little bit higher. So we are getting a little bit of a price discount there. From there, we have Matt Fitzpatrick, who really prior to the team event, I shouldn't say prior to the team event, but prior to the Masters, he was not playing good golf, just could not find it. And then something clicked at the Masters, playing a team event with his brother, finishing 31st there, and then won at the RBC Heritage. Then followed that up with the 35 or yeah, 35th place finish at the Wells Fargo Championship. I think he's kind of a dark horse this week, which sounds weird to say for a guy that finished fifth at this event last year, firmly in contention to win, just couldn't put it all together in the final round and then won the U.S. Open last year. Overall top 25 on Donald Ross courses as well. He ranks out as a top 15 specialist, top five course history rank. Once again, that's comp course history rank, top 20 staff fit. And that's all while kind of struggling this season, ranking out top 15 in the nine to five mile. He is certainly someone I think we can look at. I feel like this is probably one of the more strange price points we are getting this week. Now let's go ahead and drop down into that 7K price point tier, the low tier. And I do think we at the start with Joaquin Neiman, who yes, he has been playing well on live golf tour. He also played well at the masters. <laughs> a lot of people would argue Neiman has one of the best swings in golf, just phenomenal. And if we look back at his past starts on the PJ tour, not accounting for live golf, 16th, 11th, 8th, 13th, and actually has made six straight cuts in a row. Look at his comp course history. He's finished 23rd, 47th, and then ranks out top 20 on Donald Ross tracks as well. Top 30 specialist, top 20 course history rank, top 20 staff it, and top 35 recent form rank. Overall, ranking out top 15 in the 9-5 mile as well. He is certainly someone I think we're going to be looking at as well. Adam Scott has been someone that has been a made cut maker recently. Just been 11 for 11 on the season, 18 straight on the PJ Tour, and he's been playing some quality golf. Eighth, fifth, good stuff there. Uh, the issue with him is going to be comp course history. 98th at this event last year. Obviously, we don't like that. 14th at the U.S. Open, though, has kind of struggled at Donald Ross courses, but overall, he's going to be a top 15 specialist, and overall, he's going to be a top 20 play. So certainly someone we could be looking at this week. Justin Rose is certainly going to be an appealing click. Okay, he's made nine out of 12 cuts this season, four straight now as well. Comp course history-wise, pretty phenomenal across 
the board, 13th at this event last year, and he wasn't playing the same way he is now. 37th last year at the U.S. Open as well. 61st on Donald Ross tracks last year in the field. That's okay. But ninth place finish at the Houston Open. So overall, he is going to be someone I think is going to be a super safe play. Someone you could certainly look at in cash contest as well. And guys, I'm going to continue to roll with Ricky at the start of the season. I kind of went on a bold statement. I'm like, this is kind of the year of Ricky. He's going to have a bounce back season. That's because he got rid of his swing coach. And really since then, he has been dominating. It was kind of easy to see. It's like literally instantly when he had gotten his new swing coach years back, sucked. got rid of him instantly better. So it's not like a bold take, but he has been playing extremely well. The thing is last year, when he was playing poorly, still finished top 25 at the PGA Championship. Key stat-wise, ranks out top 20 in the field. Specialist-wise, top 25 in the field. Recent form-wise, eighth best in the field. And that's going to be because of all these great starts that we've seen from him in a row. It's really unfortunate. And that's kind of why this is probably the best or second best PGA DFS week or tournament every season compared to the Masters because Ricky was not in the Masters and he has been top 10 golfers in the world. I would say this calendar year, no doubt there. And we're getting him at 7.6. I mean, that is awesome. He is someone that given his price point, I think we just need to click. But that being said, we also have someone else that is a very interesting click as well. So what I loved about Wyndham Clark's win is the mental aspect of it. He said he had kind of been going through like therapy to get his mindset right for, let's just say, tournament winning moments because he had been someone that really should have won a tournament and he just hadn't because he had been playing some great golf and we can see that recently like making a ton of cuts in a row 16 straight now and then he finally broke through probably should have won the corrales didn't and then finally broke through and he won that tournament like he did and so like comp course history wise not too worried about it 65th last year at the u.s open top 13 donald ross course specialist and 16th place finish at the u.s open or at the houston open ranks out top 30 in the field for course history rank and so I mentioned this a lot, like the nine to five data is pulling in data that represents both safety and upside. And Wyndham Clark ranks out top 10 in the field. And I don't really think we could deny that. We look at the long-term form, top 15 in the field. Okay. Look at the most recent form, top six in the field. Overall ranking out top seven or seventh best in recent form rank. Specialist wise guys, ninth in the field. We look across this. What is the one data point that has us worried? The start at the U.S. Open last year. That is the one data point where it presents some uh, caution. That's it. He is an elite price point play. The only issue that I have, I guess, would be two things. One, if he becomes too chalk. That might worry me a little bit. The second thing would be the fact that he is coming in off of that victory. Is he going to be mentally geared up to go? And based off of his post-round comments, I think he will be geared up and ready to play because it seemed like he, he was like, all right, I figured it out. Let's keep this ball rolling because he knows he's been playing some great golf and he knows he probably should have won some more events. He's kind of an easy plug and play. I always talk about players being the correct plays and we just have to roster those players because of that. He is that correct play this week, given the pricing. And he's going to be too tough to pass up on. So we're going to go in and click him as well. And if it doesn't work out this week, well, we know he'll work out more likely than the next week in the following week, like it has a ton this season. That's why we went on that huge three-month run there of profit. And then from there, I do think we could scroll down to the 7.1 range where we are getting Siwoo Kim, who has been solid enough, but you know we're most likely not going to be playing anyone too much. I do think Chris Kirk is someone we could potentially be looking at as well. Finished fifth at the PGA Championship last year. Uh, 28th best player on Donald Ross tracks as well. Overall, just an okay play, but not someone we're going out of our way to play. It's going to be a lot of the players there as well. The last player in this price point here I want to mention will be Seamus Power, who has produced in the majors like really all of them 46th place finish at 
the Masters, and he he really wasn't coming into that event in in good form. So it was nice to see him make the cut. Missed the cut, the RBC Heritage, but we have since seen him finish 20th or top 20 in two straight events. He finished 9th and 12th at the PGA and US Open last year. So definitely someone where if you're down this price point range, you could be looking at. And now getting into the value tier, obviously if we're ending up on someone in this price point range, it's because we are rostering probably Scotty or Rom or potentially Xander as well. I do suggest that we go with more of a fair and balanced approach, but that's going to be up for you guys to decide. I will say this is a kind of interesting price point for Matt Kuchar, who did make the cut at the PGA Championship last year. Not as long of a track as it typically is. Don't get me wrong. It's a par 70 that is going to play pretty long as well, but five straight make cuts. If you end up on them, I'd be fine with that. Jordan Smith is someone that is a good kind of price point play as well. Uh, you know, just been playing well on the DP tour. If you end up on him, I'd be fine with that as well. I will say this price point for Adrian is, is definitely an interesting one. He struggled at the Masters. That was unfortunate. He struggled at the API as well. And that'd be the worry, but he has had some okay results on the PGA tour this season as well. 14th at the Honda, 45th at the Genesis. Obviously just one in the DP tour. Maybe someone you could look at. KH Lee at this price tag is, is very interesting as well. 41st at the PGA Championship last year, 37th at the US Open. Donald Ross tracks doesn't fare too well. 50th in the field there but at least he has Donald Ross course experience overall top 30 specialist and basically ranks top 50 or better in all the key metrics that we look at each week on a six cut made cut streak so someone you could look at I will say this price point for Hayden Buckley I did find interesting as well for a guy that's made four straight cuts in a row with two of them being top 10 finishes that's pretty surprising to me and so the other one was a, a team event just fyi but he's one of the better staff in the field especially considering the price point 14th at the us open last year like it wouldn't be shocking to see him make the cut this is something that clearly stands out as a value play olsen's been someone that's been playing extremely well in the dp tour as well I, I'm kind of very interested in this pricing. Sure, he struggled at the US Open last year, but overall, this is a pretty solid price day for someone that's been really extremely well, playing extremely well over there on the DP Tour. We got Andrew Putnam down here, who sure he's coming in off of that withdrawal at the Wells Fargo Championship. That is definitely going to be the worry there. If he wasn't injured, I feel like his pricing would be a little bit higher than this, probably around Matt Kuchar's because he does have good results, uh, course history-wise, comp course history-wise. Made cut at the US Open decently well on Donald Ross tracks made cut at the Houston open, you know, prior to that had been making a bunch of cuts, 14 out of 19 make cuts on the season. You know, this might be a play that is worth looking into to see how injured he is. That's news that we typically don't get though in golf as well at least from a reliable source. And then for what it's worth, I don't know the pricing that we're going to get on Jaeger yet, Stefan Jaeger, but if he is priced below 7K, guys, he is kind of a standout play. And I kind of think he will be, but I'm very interested to see the pricing on him. Let's go ahead and give you guys the core plays for this week. So I would say quite obviously, just given the pricing of Wyndham Clark, he was kind of the easy click this week. Uh, just due to his pricing. Made the cut the US Open, plays well on the comp courses. Really the only worry is going to be that start at the US Open last year. Every other data point for him suggests that he should have a good week this week. Thus, I think he's going to have a good week. Another kind of easy click to me, kind of given his pricing, is going to be Terrell Hatton. If we look back, I guess, at Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, tendencies coming into the majors last year, especially this event, Hatton's kind of on that same trend line. And so given the fact that he has played well at this event last year and has played well on Donald Ross tracks in the past, ranking out as one of the better specialists. Like everything that's coming into Terrell Hatton as a play this week, especially considering the pricing, is lining up for him just being a play that we need to be clicking on this week. And then Sanjay M as well. I guess my biggest worry with him would be maybe not showing up 
in majors as much as you think he would. And this does feel a little bit higher price than I honestly thought we would get for him. And so I guess that'd be the worry. But overall, just been playing some tremendously good golf, an elite stat fit, elite recent form. It's just tough not to love Sunjam. The worry is him showing up in majors, but you know we are getting a price discount because of that. And I do think he has a great chance to go in and, and give us a top 20 finish. Maybe we find him in contention to win on Sunday. And then lastly, the easiest click of the week, if you can afford him, is going to be Xander Schauffele. Just given the strong golf that he's been playing, sure, you would argue he's due for a miscut. That could happen, I guess. But the guy is just playing elite golf. And it's just the correct click, regardless of outcome. Just second best staff in the field. We look at recent form over his last 15 starts, third best in the field. Recent form over his last five starts, first in the field. That's because he's finished second, fourth, third, 10th, and fifth. 10 straight top 10 finishes from Xander. It's tough not to love that. Staff hit, top 10 in the field. That's really the only worry is that we're, we have some data that suggests he might struggle a little bit. But overall, for the most part, He's not going to get himself into trouble and he's going to be able to make the cut and most likely get a top 10 finish. I kind of see him having the potential to put everything together to get a win this week. So let's go ahead and give you guys a first look build by trying to fit in those core plays. And if you guys have been following along, last week was the first week that I have not cashed in three months. It has been a crazy run. Maybe we can start a new streak this week as well. Now I will say two weeks ago, I, I played more in FanDuel than I did on DraftKings. So I counted that more of a win. Just as an FYI, let's look at this. And I, I kind of just think that's a testament to making the correct decisions week in and week out, right? So if we can fit Xander in there, we want to do that. Sun Jam, we want to do that. Can we fit Hatton in there? Sure. And then we have 7.5 left over. Let's see if we can find anyone that we like as a play. And this is honestly kind of a weird price point for me because I don't feel like any of these plays here are a good plays. So maybe we would have to rebuild and we'll see. Uh, Ricky is something that I do want to go out of my way to play. Just as an FYI as well. Maybe we go down to Siwoo. Keith Mitchell, I could see playing well for sure. Harris English has been playing better. This is kind of just a dead price point range where I, I think I'd rather just rebuild. Uh, Grillo should be a good play, but do we trust him? Bryson probably not playing. So kind of a weird price point there. Let's see if we drop down from, I don't want to drop down from Ricky. Ah, this is the tough part here. I mean, maybe we could go down from Xander to one of the other safe soft plays, maybe Jason Day. Then we go Fitzpatrick. I, that's a fine first look, Bill. Let's pull that into the nine to five lineup tool and then I'll be getting out of here. All right, so this is what this lineup would look like on paper. Really strong model rank, really strong cut likelihood as well. And this is kind of where I favor more of a studs and duds approach because it is so easy to make a quality build. But that's gonna be all for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Hopefully you guys have been able to take advantage of the strong advice that has been presented each week. If you have just, you know, send a like to the channel by hitting that thumbs up. That was a weird way to phrase it. Just like, like the video. It does help out the channel a lot. Make sure to subscribe as well. Um, that's all I have for you guys for this video. Hopefully you guys enjoyed it. Once again, like, and subscribe. Let's have a good week guys. I'm excited. And as always, let's keep cashing.